Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Good morning, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in. This is Weekend Gardening. See, they've moved this again. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate very much that you've decided to talk to me today, just like we've already got a caller waiting, so I'm going to run right there and let you know. Joey from Eupora, what's happening with your lawn, sir? Hey, Joey. Welcome in. What's on your lo- What's on your mind today? Hi, Miss. Hi, Miss Nelly. Howdy. Yes, ma'am. Anyway, they got me working night shift this power plant. I hate this stuff. But anyway, uh, I just want to call and tell you that uh, I'm sad for everything that happened. Well, Joey, I appreciate hearing from you today. Thank you so much. And and call me back when you've had a little bit more rest and we can talk some more, okay? I appreciate you. Thank you very, very much. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. This, in fact, is where we talk about the green world, the world that's happening around us. And, in fact, occasionally we'll even talk about things going on in our personal lives, but not too much, especially not today. we got to worry about a lot of things today. We've got to worry about hurricanes and flash floods and lots and lots of water. So in not to mention the wind and one thing and another, you all are paying attention, I know. The good news is that because we are here in all 82 counties on this particular broadcast and all the time here on Supertalk, you're not going to be by yourself. You're going to be with us. So get some batteries for your radio. Keep all your devices charged up in the, until everything goes out. And by the way, I'm going to say this because I was on the air here during Katrina, and one of the saddest things that you will ever hear is that somebody didn't realize they were supposed to put the generator outside the house. Okay? So let's not mess this up. All right? We'll move forward. We'll be safe. We'll take care of one another. And just like always, we will be resilient and figure out what to do when it's all done. All right? I'm uh, confident that the bread and milk and toilet paper supplies will be gone from the entire state. And because this has come along kind of quickly, you might need to be shopping. I don't know. But depending on where you are, you may be like me and you've already got a half a closet full of hurricane preparedness. Sometimes other storms come along. We get, we get into that closet a little bit. But I checked on it yesterday and everything is going to be fine. I did think... Uh, when I looked at the weather map today, you never see Dulac, Louisiana on anybody's maps at the national level. But it is a place with great fondness for me and a big piece of my heart. And, of course, we have a regular caller who's from there who um, now lives in Foxworth. So, John, I'm thinking about you, and I hope all is well with your family is still in Dulac. Dulac is a place that is beyond the road. Um, You go to the southern tip of Louisiana, and then you keep going. And the people there are real and wonderful and kind and allowed me to do some projects with their arts and crafts that they have done there forever. And I have 
deep, good memories of that part of the world. So, but I have to tell you, when you see it on a map, you know it's coming, because that doesn't happen. <laughs> but they don't put Dulac on the map very much. Welcome in. This is Weekend Gardening. I hope you'll give me a call. 888 is the Super Talk call line. The C Spire text line is, of course, uh, as, as we would say, going to heat up shortly, and I can see it already is. Hello, Bill. 601-879-4395. Well, what are you going to do in your garden? Well, you're going to watch the weather, of course, but we're going to have some really very pleasant weather in many places next week. Because after everything has been watered deeply and after we've cleaned up, because there will be a lot, lot, lot of that, it's still going to be the time to be thinking about what you're going to do for the fall in your garden. Maybe even what's still happening in the summer garden. I noticed yesterday... One of my very favorite signs of late summer, a lot of people wait for red spider lilies, but I'm, I'm very, I love them, don't get me wrong, but I also really like candelabra trees. They are planted from seed in the very, very early spring, grown in a pot, then brought outside in zone eight. They grow in, in the ground or, or in a container. And of course, um, they're a cassia, or you may know them as cinna, but, but they're cassia a lot of. And um, they have a nice rounded leaf and really stacked up candle-looking yellow flowers that are just pollen-rich. And that's a wonderful thing, too. So that's fun to, to see about. When you This time of year, you're always looking for things, you know. Um, yes, I do think I agree with you, Bill. That's probably true. Uh, let's see now. Then one of the things that... Uh, is always a good idea is to uh, keep yourself in mind of the next season in gardening. And I know that we think about oftentimes what's going to be next on the list, what's going to happen. I've got a couple of stories for you today that are pretty fun. The American Chemical Society is always reporting on things that are of relevance to gardeners. And in this case, it, these are really the new horizons in pest control. This is uh, y- y- this is not something you have to believe in because they can measure it, but it does sound rather like magic. One of the things that happens to our crops and our plants that we just like to look at, but the ones that we eat as well, are that bugs eat them too. And that slows down the amount of photosynthesis surface. That slows down sometimes the actual production of the fruit or the flower or the next set of leaves. There's all kinds of pieces of that puzzle. The predator insects that in turn feed on those bugs, though, actually emit odors that the pests can sense. That changes the pests' behavior, as you might imagine, to get away from them. And when they, with, with what we are already seeing, remember we talked about carboreal last week uh, and chloriferous, and glyphosate, too, we're seeing insects and, and plants, weeds as well, get so much more resistant to the things that we have been using and overusing to try and control them that we've really got to find other ways to grow our crops, especially, but including our ornamental ones, without bug damage and without just a continual path, way of continuing to pollute and, and really tear up our environment without greater good. In other words, you can keep putting out more, but if the bug doesn't die from it, more doesn't help. 
And in this case, it doesn't in many cases. So I love the American Chemical Society for this work. They have been working on ways, and now they have developed at least one to bottle that smell of fear that's produced by the predatory insects. Now, if we can do that, then we could spray our plants or put out traps that had that odor, and that would keep the bugs away from our plants. How smart is that? I'm telling you, I really hope that this turns into something. They're working particularly on it for aphids, and there are large numbers, of course. The fact that they transmit pathogens and and have every year recording increased resistance to pesticides just really does make them a persistent problem for all of us. So the good news is the the ladybugs that eat them and also the aphid lions, you know, the others that, that take care of them, have these scents that, unfortunately, the aphids can detect. So if we bottle those and we can put them, synthesize them, bottle them, and put them on our plants or around our plants, then we'll be in better shape. I like that. Ah, grass chromatography, one of those fun things the American Chemical Society wants us to know more about. I appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you very, very much for that this morning. friend that sent me that article said, you're going to like this. These bugs stink. (laughs) And sure enough, they do. (laughs) That's fun. I'm not sure if you are uh, a flowering allium person, but after we had the text last week about um, the flowering onion allium, the one that's pink that's in bloom now, called Millennium, frankly, I, I was not aware that there was one that would bloom this late. I knew there was some that bloomed in July, but this one is very late, just like the chives are. And the chives are what's blooming at my place and just getting all the attention from the butterflies. So if you have not uh, ever grown chives for that particular purpose, I encourage you to do so. I didn't really mean to let them go to flower again. They had already flowered last year, and I divided them. I didn't realize they would mature that quickly, but they did. So they're still delicious. These are garlic chives. They have a white flower cluster at the top that is um, very, very almost flat. It's a, it's a an umbral it's it's almost a flat one so that's really nice too it's also just about time to be thinking about turning the corner and that is to say this is the point in the year where if you use a fertilizer on your lawn for fall feeding this is the time to do that if you are one who puts out a pre-emerge product on your lawn to control weeds that come up in the winter this is the time to put that on your calendar. These are all things. If you're a person who is, uh, you know, going to be decorating and having lots of folks in, you need to get your mums and your gourds and, and uh, little pumpkins and stuff. All of that's starting to be available all across the southeast. And frankly, you need to get some. Even if you don't usually, buy some. And here's why. We're, we got a lot of growers that were not able to do as much or sell as much last year we don't want to lose any of them so every time you buy something that was grown by either your local nursery or a nursery in the south as the the, the garden mums will, will be that you see by all means do so give your support to that i think you'll be happy now speaking of giving you support um, i'm going to be thinning out the um, I, have, I have a couple of plants that cannot be propagated for sale and i'm going to be thinning out 
one of the perennial hibiscus that is in that category. So if you are interested in um, big old lavender chiffon, I think this was supposed to be a smaller plant, and I may have ended up with a test variety anyway, but it's huge. So if you have to have room for this thing to be like 12 feet tall, and I did not fertilize it. It's not because I overfed it. It's just in good soil, and, and it gets that tall. So if you're interested in that, send me an email, mamaonair at yahoo.com. I'm, I'm get, making a list for the fall. I did give away all the onions that I had to give away. I'm going to plant the rest here in about a week or so, and I hope you will, too. hope you're into that and doing it. I was really happy to hear that a new study from Michigan State University tells us that uh, meditation can help you make fewer errors. I think oftentimes we consider meditation kind of frou-frou or, or whatever, but that might be because you haven't done it and haven't seen its power. The opportunity for you to put your mind into a single place and focus and then focus on nothing at the same time is a learned skill. Everybody can learn it. And it's one that will help you settle your brain. That was It was recommended to me as a way of controlling my anxieties and helping to settle my brain was the way the, the, the doctor put it. Interestingly enough, it seems to have worked. Um, different neurocognitive effects are being studied at Michigan State, and one of the ones that they worked on was the way that meditation actually alters your brain activity that helps you recognize errors as they're happening so you can correct them and fix things. I really like this. They didn't say that this is going to fix everything. You're not going to suddenly be able to play the piano, okay? But what we are looking at is this whole notion of mindfulness and your ability to control some of your thoughts in ways that you didn't understand. That is to say, by giving yourself a chance to make your head a place that is not as far foreign to you as it might be, you might have the you might have that that uh, hurry up and get it done attitude. A lot of people have that. Whatever the job is, hurry up and get it done. It can actually look like you're angry when you're cleaning the bathtub. When you're not actually angry, you just want to hurry up and get it done. Well, that might be fine with cleaning the bathtub, but in more subtle things you have to do in your life, probably need to be a little bit more mindful. So you might want to consider taking up meditation to help you make fewer mistakes. Uh, I think, I wish and I hope that every editor that I know is a meditator. Many of them are. Many of them are. David's in Oak Grove. Good morning. He has large fig trees and the limbs are touching the ground. Is it best to cut them back um, for better air circulation? Well, in part, it's better for that. I don't want you to necessarily go start taking big limbs off the bottom right now. But if the fruit is being born on lower limbs and it's getting ruined by dragging on the ground, sure, you're going to want to trim those up, but do that in January. If you if you need to thin fig trees to get some better air circulation into them or even some more sunlight, sometimes you'll see fig trees that are so dense you don't, you're not surprised they can't make any fruit. So give yourself the opportunity to um, do that, but do it in the fall. Do it deep in the winter. I'm sorry, not even the fall. Do it in January. And don't take off anything if you can possibly help. Um, don't, don't take off m- more than something as big around, say, as, as four inches across. You don't want to start scaffold destroying the base of the tree. But if it's a couple of inches in diameter, that's fine. Or if it's bigger than that, just take off the side branches. Give it a little bit less so that it's not dragging the ground so much. 
um, important. That's true. It's um, we we do not have to be um, any. We don't we don't even have to be hippies to meditate. I'll just say that. Thank you for your comment, Jimmy from Houston. Welcome in. Oh no, I'm sorry. You're still on the phone. I thought you had put that down. I apologize. Um, one of the things that I'm doing at this point is babying my parsley plants. They do not want to grow. They are like teeny tiny little seedlings, and I I have fertilized them, and I have given them some more sunlight, and I've even put more heat underneath them. I put two heating pads underneath it in case that was the problem, and they're just looking at me. I hate that. (laughs) Now, Jimmy from Houston, what's going on with your monkey grass? Well, I planted monkey grass around my trees I have in the yard, and they it burst for a while, and now it's kind of going away. I think maybe the deer might be eating it, but it's just I'm wondering what kind of fertilizer do I need to put on there, and when is the best time to transplant what I have to another place? Okay, um, well, it doesn't. There's several plants called monkey grass, and in any of the ones called monkey grass are going to be the same situation. The deer may be grazing them. It's they're not may not be their favorite, but you know if they don't have anything other choices, they may go there. Uh, and you can certainly fertilize it to keep it growing. I would use a slow release fertilizer like you might use on a lawn. Um, or something else that's not too punchy. We don't want to throw it out there and make them shoot up lots and lots of leaves. But you can use a lawn throw that just is a slow release, no weed killers in it, none of that stuff. Use that now. Or if you have a hose-in sprayer that you use for your flower garden, you could certainly use that now. I wouldn't transplant until maybe late October. So try that then. But the, the monkey grass is pretty resilient, so if you feel like you're going to lose it, I would go ahead and dig it up and put it in some flats, okay? All right. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Hey, y'all. Let's take some pride and get it together for Mississippi. Many of our highways and roads are just covered in litter. Put trash in its proper place. And if you drive a truck, remember, trash blows. Be sure to secure your load. Please do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org. That's keepmsbeautiful.org. Remember, always protect the road. Secure your load. This is Allison Callaway. Since 1954, Callaway has been family-owned and operated. Located in Gluckstadt, just south of Germantown High, Callaway's has everything you need to make your yard and garden beautiful. Callaway's has just received a large shipment of ceramic pots, all sizes, all colors, all 40% off, no exclusions. Our farmer's market is full of fresh fruits, vegetables, local honey, jellies and jams, and the best tomatoes in town. Callaway's has farm-fresh produce seven days a week. 
week. Callaway's has special pricing on outdoor patio furniture and the largest selection in the South, period. We offer bulk soils for do-it-yourself projects. Callaway's offers landscaping. Designers Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle can design and install your landscape from a small job to total transformations. Just give us a call to discuss your landscaping needs. Callaway's in Gluckstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown High. No drip roofing and construction. The name says it all. All types of roofing and construction. Your certified, certainteed shingle installer, family owned and operated for over 20 years here in the Metro. No drip roofing and construction. 601-371-1051. Ridgeland Medical Clinic is a proud sponsor of the Gallo Radio Show. Conveniently located in Ridgeland off Highway 51 North in the Oak Place Shopping Center. Call them to see Jody Adams today. Did you know that most adults with autism are unemployed and a major hurdle is the lack of job opportunities? That's why Autism Speaks is teaming up with Lee Container, the Jay Donald and Laurel Lee Family Foundation Fund, and delivering jobs to create a more inclusive workforce in the U.S. Are you an HR professional, community leader, or business owner? Join us in creating a workforce where people of all abilities can contribute and thrive. To learn more, visit AutismSpeaks.org employment. Furnished by the Entertainment Industry Foundation. Sunday! 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 It's the savings event of the season! Progressive's Home and Auto Bundle Extravafest the Savathon! Your chance to save big by bundling your home and auto insurance! But only this Sunday! 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 Unless you're busy, in which case you can bundle Tuesday! 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 Or if you already have dinner plans, then try Friday! 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 But if the week gets away from you, you can just wait till next Sunday! 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 Because Progressive's Home and Auto Bundle Extravafest the Savathon isn't going anywhere! 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 Casualty insurance company and affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. very seldom say this, but I'm going to say this. I don't see any reason why you would buy onions, buy green onions, Booker T, green onions, blah, blah. Why wouldn't you just grow them in a container? Even if you're, you know, I mean, I guess if you're, if you just really hate growing food, but I think you need to shift your mind a little bit. <laughs> There's something so delicious about being able to walk outside your kitchen door or even into your kitchen window if you happen to have a lot of sun in there and clip a few green onions and a little bit of uh, thyme or some basil and stuff. It, it changes the way you cook and it changes the way you taste. So I like it. Um, yes, Ken, more sun is going to be good if that's a pepper plant. So I think that's a really good idea to put that closer to the window. Real smart. 888-808-8637. That is the phone number here, and it is the Super Talk call line. I appreciate you using it. Thank you very much. The C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. I did not know that the Grand Canyon has a gap in time. 
had no idea. I thought we'd been studying it ever since we first saw it. You know, any human being ever ran into it, they started looking around going, look at that. Well, something is, we don't know the answer, but if you're interested in a career in geology, this could be your thesis topic um, and, and several years worth to go. Publishing in geology, the University of Colorado at Boulder, which, by the way, is a beautiful city, uh, town, I guess. Um, they call this the Great Unconformity. And no, they're not talking about the hippies. They're talking about the fact that at particular points in the Grand Canyon, because yes, they do study it all the time, what they have found is that there's a billion years worth of rocks missing from the geologic record, but only in some parts. Now, no one knows how that can happen or how it did happen, but they are, and I've, I have heard this expression before, that the Grand Canyon is Earth's history book, you know, because it's all revealed there, all the, the rocks, the layers, the layers, the layers. And it, you can really go with, travel into time in geology we always hear about the core samples that tell us, you know, what diet some creature ate or, you know, all these things that we learn um, from this. But you can the, – the question is, how come? And geologists pretty much want to know, how come? Uh, uh, they're working on a couple of ideas, but they have a few notions about faulting events, which would be not exactly earthquakes, but repositioning of uh, the, the plates – in, in ways that would have caused them to slide, some to slide out of their way. But they don't really have an answer about this. What they're thinking it's tied to, however, as, as strange as this is, is the breakup of the supercontinent in ancient times, the, the Rodinia. The, that, that part of the world could easily have been affected by it, and uh, in, in that, therefore, they're trying to figure it out if that's the truth, because they want to know. John Wesley Powell, Lake Powell, um, first saw the great unconformity when he went down the boat, in, in a boat down the, the river there. That was like in 1870 or something. And this, this is really interesting stuff. He says that the feature is stark enough now that you can see it. There are beautiful lines, and at the bottom, you can see very clearly that there are rocks that have been pushed together. And it's just not, it's not like it should be. It's interesting. I love it. Um, I, I really do love that things that they just find that are not present anywhere else and that cause, call for a good deal of study and very serious efforts to find out how, where did it go and what happened and how did we get here. I'm, I'm interested. I never wanted to be a geologist, but in my, what my mother called my desperate Search to take every take a class in every department at the university, which I'll admit I didn't miss very many of them. Um, I took an elective in geology, which was the geologic history of the national parks, and I still remember that stuff. Every time I've ever been to a national park, I'm looking for the feature that was indicated as the big one. You know, it's a it's a good thing to know about, and there are things, you know, unlike the sign on a store, it, the geology doesn't change too much from year to year. Jerry's in Ridgeland. What's going on, sir? Good morning, Guard Mama. Um, I have some problems with some soft touch uh, holly uh, bushes. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm on my second bunch. I like the bush the way it looks and everything. Mm -hmm. They look great at the, they look great at the garden uh, store, but uh, 
they don't do good in my yard for some reason. I've got them in front of my front porch, and uh, they just, I mean, they'll, look, they'll stay around and, and not grow very well, and the leaves turn brown and the limbs die. I've checked into the water problem. I thought I had it solved. Uh, if there was a problem there, and uh, I just about only thing I think of is a disease or something. But I just wanted to get your opinion on it. Okay, let me ask you a couple of questions. Are there other things growing in the bed with these that are doing fine? Uh, uh, they just by themselves in a, in a right in front of a porch. Okay, and was it a bed that was prepared, or were they just kind of planted where the lawn was? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's been prepared. I put everything. I, sometimes I think I might have put too much. I mean, I put, <laughs> it can happen. You know, it can happen. Yeah, uh, Here's what I want you to do before you start yanking them out or doing anything else. Um, you're in Ridgeland. Go see the folks at the Garden Center at, at, at Garden Works or whoever you like. And talk to them about a soil test kit. Or if you already know about how to do that, get it from the Cooperative Extension Service. You can order it. But what you're going to be doing is taking a sample of soil just in that bed and filling it up and getting the pH and getting the other nutrient things. And they, they will tell you, you'll send it off to the university and they'll, it's not expensive. They'll send it back to you and tell you what's in that bed for, in the way of nutrients and also the pH. Because sometimes when we build beds, we get things in the opposite direction of where the plant wants it to be. So if, since you only have hollies growing there, you've got a really good opportunity to make a bed that's perfect for them. So do the soil test first and then you'll know whether you have got a bed that needs some amendments to it or frankly a bed where you need to grow something else because the soil's going to take a whole lot of doing to get it happy for hollies that's the first step um sometimes when sometimes there's a bed and you just it doesn't it doesn't work you know in other words the plants don't aren't happy but one thing grows and another one doesn't that can give you a clue but since we've only got one sort of plant here we need to test the soil first well, I, I knew that I read some stuff, and it said that they like acidic soil. Right. Um, you know, so I bought some acidic fertilizer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, some, I mean, they okay. just change real Let me quick. ask you this. Let me ask you this. How wet does that bed stay? Well, it used to stay pretty wet. Uh, That's I mean, a problem. It has, mm-hmm. it, it has but I, I mean, I thought that might be a problem. So mm-hmm. I dug around them and everything, and I put in some... Uh, some kind of mulch stuff to kind of get let them breathe and all that. And okay. um, I've read on the internet and that kind of stuff, and most people say that is the main problem: is wet wet feet. Well, days. wet feet and and soil that we have amended so much that we end up with an acid below where they can tolerate, or one that's you know, wait. You you knew about that, so you took it into consideration. We may actually have a, a, a pH that's too low for the hollies to grow, but we won't know until you test the soil that's just in that bed. Well, uh, have you ever heard? I mean, so I had some. I've asked several people, and uh-huh. I've had some people say they are hard to grow. 
but uh, he, I read where it's one of the most popular. Hollies, hollies and soft touch hollies included are not difficult to grow, but they got to have the right setting. It's like hydrangeas. You've heard this program. I get a call every week about somebody whose hydrangeas are not doing well, and yet there's 4,000 people in their same neighborhood with great ones. Okay, So it truly does come down to that setting. And yes, they need an acid soil. They can be difficult to grow. They can get pests. All those things are true. But since you've tried them twice in the same soil, I'm going to test the soil first before I do something else. That's all I can tell you. But I appreciate you calling. I really appreciate well, you listening. Let me ask, yes? Uh, how do you know if it's a pest? I mean, I don't see anything. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, is there any way you can tell? I mean, should you see something? Are the leaves dehydrating? Are the leaves being chewed? Are the leaves, is there frass? Are the little brown bumps everywhere? That, I mean, there's so many things that can be a pest. And since you haven't said, I see worms crawling on them, or there's tiny little bugs at the, at the growing point, or something ate one side of the plant, I have to go to what the growing conditions are. That's all I can sort through for you. Okay, well, I appreciate Thank you help. very much. Get a soil test and call me back. Thank you. I don't tell people to get a soil test unless I think you need to do that. Here's the thing. I've built beds before that were too acid for the plants I wanted to grow in them because I just knew they needed to have some more peat moss or some, you know, whatever it was that was going to acidify the the soil. But once you move it up just a little bit, they do fine. So I don't I don't want him to be I don't want you to go I don't want anybody, but especially not a, a good caller like him. I don't want you to go off in a direction and start spraying and and doing all sorts of things, you know, that are not going to help when the same plant has not done well twice in a row in the same soil. You got to look at the soil. Got to start there. This may not be the answer, but just, you know, just got to do it. Um, yes, you can grow green onions from store-bought onions. That's true. You can. Um, let's see. I decided the other day that when you don't give me your name, I'm, I'm going to start at the beginning of the alphabet. So today this will be Abby. <laughs> Calling from Zone 7B, uh, which means, if you, in case you don't happen to know, 7B is the northern part of Mississippi, or the southern part of, uh, or the northern part of Alabama, or the southern part of Arkansas. Goes across. All right. I'm wanting to plant some new shrubs. When will be the best time of year to do that? Well, you can certainly shop now. Your garden centers are full of shrubs, but the temperatures and the conditions will be the best beginning at the end of October, somewhere, but maybe a little bit before Halloween, if when that first cool, really b- wonderful blast of air comes around, and you know it's not going to just get hot again the next week. But we have some cool breezes, you know, from time to time, but then it just turns up hot the next week. What we're trying to do is put the shrubs in the ground so that they have an opportunity to root all through the fall. So October, November, all that's going to be good. All right? Okay. Thank you for that. That's a good question. I am thinking a lot about shrubs. In fact, if you have not deadheaded your butterfly bushes, this is the time to do that. Um, I also went and collected seeds from the white yarrows and the retibita, the, the Mexican hat. And so that's a, it's a good time to do that. I like to let seeds dry as much as they can on the plant. But when we are looking at days of wet weather in much of the state, much of our listening area, in fact, um, we, we, have to, we have to either we have to go ahead and get a few things a little early and do some stuff. Um, 
Oh my goodness. That's just beautiful. John's sending in today's, uh, today's beautiful artwork. A lot of things are being canceled. He's right. A lot of things being canceled. Um, and, and we've talked about the Garden Fest being changed. It's not, not ended yet, but it's different. We're going to find out more about that very, very soon. As we get through the end of August, and as we look at this uh, trying to remove anything from your yard at this particular point that's going to cause a projectile, for example, you don't want 40, 50 mile an hour winds to start taking your lawn furniture down the street or anything like that, and you certainly don't want stuff to be uh, uh, lost or, or damaged to somebody else. But i, I got to also tell you that uh, at this time of the year, we're usually seeing plants that are overgrown in their containers. But if you've got lots and lots of plants in small pots and you're not ready to move them up for, before you bring them in the house, this would be a really good weekend to gather them together because those little things may not become projectiles, but they can certainly blow right off the porch and all over the place in just a good gust of wind. So you may not want them to do that. I'd give yourself a chance to take care of that particular piece of the puzzle. Um, let's see. Um, I have to read that, see where that is. <laughs> okay. That's all real good. All right. Dave and Morton, tell me what's going on. Last week you were talking about a weed that looked like a mimosa bush. Yeah, gripe weed. I caught the <laughs> what's the name of it? Gripe. Well, it's chamber bitter is one name, but it's called gripe weed. Okay. I caught the tail end of it. Tell me if there's any way to get rid of it. <laughs> um, somebody sent me an email this week and showed me their, their lawn completely covered in it and said, I'm moving. <laughs> but I don't think that's the answer. Um, gripe weed, the problem with it, of course, is that it sets seeds all underneath every one of those little stems. And so if you can't get it out by pulling it or spraying it, the best approach is to pre-emerge that area so it won't come up again next year. Pull out all you can, spray the areas that you can, but it's a it, don't let it get too big, don't let it get too woody, or it will not go away. And for heaven's sakes, don't let it set seed. Thank you for calling, Dave. If there's more I can tell you about it, you let me know. I appreciate hearing from you. This is Weekend Gardening. Your business may be classified as small to mid-size, but you view it as an empire and naturally want it to succeed. Do you have the proper tools in place to efficiently utilize the staff who handles administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits? Without changing current processes and proper training, payroll technology alone cannot solve these problems. By utilizing the iSolve platform, MWG Employer Services can create new processes and properly train your staff to maximize the efficiency of this technology. For more information, visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Y'all listen up. Have you seen all the litter on the sides of our roads? We need to all do our part to fight litter. Put trash in its proper place and make sure items in your truck beds are secure. Remember, trash blows. Secure your load. Please do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org. That's keepmsbeautiful.org. Remember, always protect the road. Secure your load. In the metro area, the house.
houses talk. Hey, Jan, how's it going today? Hey, Barney. You're not sold yet? No, my shutters need replacing, my floors need unbuckling, my boudoirs need updating. Well, my person called Will White with the price, and Will White said the price was right. No updating, no nothing. I'm sold as of tomorrow. Call Will White. He buys houses. 601-401-4323. 601-401-4323. Or online at homebuyersms.com. Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. Mississippi's big Second Amendment tax-free holiday is coming up August 27th through the 29th. We'll be open all three days with a store full of guns, ammo, optics, and more. To make this weekend even better, we'll be giving additional discounts on all our tax-free items, not just a selected few. Lots of guns and ammo at great discounts. It doesn't get any better than that. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you there. Tired of being gone from home all week? If so, Union Corrugating has an immediate need for Class A CDL drivers in the Vicksburg area. Competitive pay, paid time off, 401k match, plus medical and dental benefits. Right Right now, now, there's there's a $5,000 sign-on bonus to all Class A CDL drivers that join our team. Call 1-888-661-0577 or visit Indeed.com. Union Corrugating, a leading manufacturer of metal roofing, an equal opportunity employer. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th and Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. 769-208-8283. Green Home Solutions is a proud VIP sponsor of The Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It It was was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions, like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could Could I I have have EPI? EPI? Sponsored by AbbVie. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Ah, gripe weed. Yes, we've started a thing now. <laughs> um, the question of what's going to kill it without killing the grass, what kind of spray, really depends on what kind of grass you have and what stage the gripe weed is at. So I'm going to tell you that you need to take pictures of it to your co-op or your um even some pieces of it, um, co-op or or garden center or even a big box store if it has a horticulturist, and explain the amount of area that you have and what's underneath that you don't want to kill. 
because this is a tough one that's going to be difficult to get rid of without damaging what's underneath it, but it can be done in most cases. Not all of them. Um, not all of them. Hello, Mike and Madison. Is it too late to root Indian hawthorn and azalea cuttings? Um, you know, I, here's what you have to do. Go out and test that wood. Generally speaking, both of these shrubs are going to root most easily from soft, tender, not, excuse me, semi-hard or semi-soft wood, depending on whose book you read. It'll have one term or the other. What it means is that the first new growth is green and soft. That's considered green. You can wrap it around your finger. But when it gets to wintertime, that same little stem at the tip that grew out in the springtime will break off and snap in your hand. If your particular shrub that you want to root is already to the point where you take hold of that top four inches and it'll just snap, it's too woody. It's going to be difficult to root. You'll need to wait until the end of the fall and do hardwood cuttings if you want to grow it that way. If you want to take the traditional cuttings that, as you say, would be ready for a plant swap next year, Find br branches that are not completely hardened off yet and try those. About a four-inch cutting is going to be all you're going to get that isn't going to be pretty hardened off by now. You will want to use rooting hormone at this time of the year, and this is really a good time of the year for either putting that whole little container with the cuttings in it into a plastic bag or putting a mason jar, clear mason jar, on top of it, because what you need to do is have a bunch of humidity around that cutting, but you don't want to have to water it so much that you rot the stem before it has a chance to root. So you're going to water it, and you're going to give it just a little bit of fertilizer, but you're also going to try to keep humidity around the top of that cutting. All right? It may not be too late. It may not be too late. <laughs> that's, about, that's about all I can tell you. It may not be too late. I hope it's not. Oh, goodness. Everybody loves their school colors, don't they? This time of the year, you just everybody's like, this has got to have the silver shoes or the you know gold jacket or whatever your team's colors are. Well, the University of California at Berkeley is blue and gold. They're the bears. I've never seen a blue and gold bear, but trust me, there's plenty of them on all their logos and stuff. And it's a good-looking bear. There's no question about that. But when they start naming things for their school colors, they really go all out. They are launching a Mars mission with two identical satellites. So, of course, because it's coming from the University of California, it has to be the blue and the gold. It's going to go into orbit around Mars. They're planning now. They've got the plan to be to launch in 2024. That's believe it or not that not that long ago in this sort of thing. They'll be looking at the atmosphere and the interaction with solar wind. But here's how much trouble the Brainiacs went to, and and I can say that with with an open heart because I applied for and got into the top three for 15 jobs at the University of California in Berkeley when I was a young woman. That's when I found out they only promoted from within. But anyway, th that was a different different world. But they have taken the trouble to name this thing. The blue and gold are the satellite's names, and the mission is the Escape and Plasma Acceleration and Dynamics Explorers, which acronyms to ESCAPADE. 
You can see it, can't you? By 2024, there's going to be escapade mission all over everything in blue and gold, no matter what you go to. I love it. It's just a crazy idea, but why not? We need to know these things, so you might as well get the support of everybody who loves the blue and gold bears. And the bears are cute. I'll give you that. (laughs) I will give you that. Oh, my goodness. Let's see. Um, Working on that. Yes. Yes. All right. That's good news. I'm pretty sure they're going to do that. I can't tell you for sure. Um, okay. All right. I've got some email addresses popping in here. I have, to just, I have to read them at the break. I thought it was a question. I was wrong. It isn't. Speaking of inventions, I like the idea of satellites going to Mars to test the atmosphere and whatnot. I think there's a lot to be said for that. But uh, I like this, too. Massachusetts Institute of Technology is constantly proving to us, as as do the, the folks at Georgia Tech, and my goodness, certainly here, here in our own state, that, that engineers fix things. Engineers figure out problems. Engineers give us things that we can, well, put our hands on and do with. And in this case, we've got a new tactile glove. I love this. One of the things that happens is that when people have strokes, as so many people do in in the world, one of the things that you lose, even after you regain perhaps the use of your arm, you lose some of that sense of touch. And that, that can make it difficult to do things. It can be difficult to button buttons. It can be difficult to tie your shoes because you don't have the coordination or the feeling in those fingers to get where you need to go. So this is a new touch-sensing glove that can feel pressure and other tactile sense stimuli. For example, when you grab hold to the stick shift of your car, it's different than grabbing a balloon, okay? And, not, and the inability to distinguish those pressures is part of what happens when you lose that sense of touch. So they really do see these. I just love this. There's so many applications for this. They can pick up weak vibrations across your pulse, for example, things like that. But they can do an awful lot of other things. And if they pick up one thing holding the glove, it sends out all that data so that then the next time you pick it up, it does it even better. You know, it's a learning, uh, learning experience. But what they found was that they put them onto flexible adhesives to track your pulse, your blood pressure, other kinds of vital signs that work better than the ones we have now. Oops! <laughs> There's a big industry in these wearable monitors. So this is important. But it's one of the few places where you might find this kind of serious health need of knowledge to crash right into the world of gaming. Because let's face it, how many people wouldn't, have, wouldn't like to have better sense of touch in playing a game, uh, playing video games, or playing any number of games, but particularly virtual gaming, could make an awful lot of sense. Um, there, there, for example, we know that there are sensors that measure humidity, and they are, interestingly enough, they are, they're little capacitors. They have like the two electrodes or metal plates that have a material between them that experiences the humidity when your HVAC gets it, you know. So it's an interesting notion that it could be as tiny as that and tell us so much and, frankly, make map all that tactile stimuli, map, map everything that we touch so that the next time it touches even better. I like it. It's a really good idea. And particularly, I mean, I, everybody knows somebody that's had a stroke. I've worked with people and had people that, in my family that had strokes. That notion of getting it back really does help. 
Speaking of getting it back, my goodness, get your coffee. If you need to have your bagel, go get that. And by the way, call Aunt Maud. Tell her we got another hour coming up right away. This is Weekend Gardening. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Think of all the comforts your family enjoys around your home. When you include propane appliances throughout your home, you can have even greater comfort from endless hot water to softer clothing and cozier heat on cold winter days. With an all-propane home, you'll also enjoy greater efficiency and energy savings compared to all electric homes. Go to PERC.com and ask why propane. The answer will be clear. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. Are you having sewer and drain problems? Call the experts, Roto-Rooter. Since 1934, Roto-Rooter Plumbing has been fixing small home disasters. Mention this ad for $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. That's 601-353-3333. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And a wink on troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. Attention! If you deal with anything from minor to extremely hazardous environmental spills, you've got to check out the full line of absorbents at ESI Supply. They've got white and gray absorbent pads by the bundle or by the roll, sock knit broom products, oil gator, oil dry, spill kits, and more. Just because you haven't had a spill doesn't mean you won't. Give the guys at ESI a call to find out more about how you can be prepared and protect your business's liability. 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910. Or visit ESISupply.net. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. I'm Amy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. As with any hurricane, storm surge is a major concern. Ken Graham with the National Hurricane Center tells us what we can expect from Hurricane Ida. Storm surge, big storm surge values, 7 to 11 feet from Ocean Springs back over to Morgan City. That's significant. Not every area gets that, uh, but that really is the potential, the potential of uh, storm surge you can get in, in some of these areas. And with the approach of Ida, it's important to know what to do if disaster strikes. 
Before the storm arrives, the Mississippi Insurance Department reminds you to review your policies and take pictures of your home and other property. As you prepare your disaster supply kit, don't forget to include documents like your social security cards, birth certificates, and documents related to your insurance policy. After the storm, enter any damaged property with extreme caution and be careful of gas leaks, live electrical wires, and collapses. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. Is Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation focused on insurance or agriculture? Well, the short answer is both. The family of Farm Bureau companies are proud to offer our many members various insurance products, but we were established for and remain committed to our deep farm roots and our Mississippi farm families. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. Hello, Archie Manning here. When you grow up in a town like Drew, you understand once a Mississippian, always a Mississippian. I love this place and care about what happens here. Our doctors are telling us 95% of new hospital patients who have COVID did not get vaccinated. We know the vaccine works, but only if you get it. It's easy and it works. Please get vaccinated, my friends, and stay healthy. Sponsored by Delta Health Alliance. Go to getyourshotms.org. A significant amount of rain is expected from Hurricane Ida. Kelly Richardson with MEMA told Paul Gallo and Supertalk Mississippi it's setting up to be a major flood event. So even though it's going to be rocking and rolling through the Gulf of Mexico, after it makes landfall, it's going to slow its forward progression a little bit. So that sets up for the threat for a flood event. And I think yeah. areas further inland could see six to eight inches, even more in some isolated areas. And due to the impending arrival of Ida, TRICARE beneficiaries in Mississippi can receive emergency prescription refills. According to the Defense Health Agency, beneficiaries can take their prescription bottle to any TRICARE retail network pharmacy and get a refill now through September 3rd. If possible, the DHA advises you to visit the pharmacy where the prescription was originally filled. For more information, visit supertalk.fm. For Supertalk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. For Sports Mississippi, I'm Nixon Williams. One week away from the kickoff of college football season, and the question is, what does the road to the college football national championship look like? Well, once again, most of the experts are saying it has to go through the SEC. Defending national champion Alabama is number one in the preseason polls. Georgia is the number five, and Texas A&M is the number six. That gives the SEC half of the top six teams in the polls. And could there be two Southeastern Conference teams in the playoffs? Well... Texas A&M meets Alabama on October the 9th. Georgia opens the season with Clemson. Let's say Georgia beats Clemson, goes undefeated the rest of the way to an unbeaten Alabama in the SEC championship, or say Texas A&M loses a close game to Alabama and otherwise runs the table. Could be scenarios for two Southeastern Conference teams in the four playoff spots. Of course, they have to have some help from Oklahoma, Ohio State, and Clemson. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Your business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet. 
You've worked hard to grow your business to where it is today, but are the manual processes that worked when you were smaller now eating into your man hours? As an iSolve network provider, MWG Employer Services can help you save time and money by streamlining the processes of administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits, as well as training your personnel to efficiently manage your human capital through one platform. Want to find out more? Visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Mississippi's public waters alligator season has already begun. Began Friday at 12 noon. Hunting in the state could be negatively impacted by low water levels, including the Mississippi River. That, according to Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks Alligator Program Coordinator Ricky Flint, who said the river began the week at 13 and a half feet, should be back up to around 18 feet by the 30th. That would be an improvement. Most folks like it around 21 feet to access the areas they like to hunt in. The Mississippi River at public boat launches, particularly in the South Delta, he says, should not be a problem. The South Central Zone, which is the Pearl River drainage, they're going to be impacted, he said. Tennessee Tom Waterway will be minimally impacted because of the water control structures. The Pearl River, Ross Barnett Zone, and Northeast Zone, he says, are in pretty good shape. Pascagoula River should be in good shape. He said, always wear your personal flotation devices. Alligator season began at noon on Friday and runs till noon on Labor Day. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. I'm just realizing that my hair has officially gotten long. It's on my back now. That's crazy. Well, not growing out of my back, but it's down my back. I think I better get a haircut. Good news is... I won't need to worry about that for a few days because we're all going to be worrying about other stuff for a few days. <sighs> yes, her name is Ida. And she's whatever that is. Remember that old song? I, I wasn't around for it, but it's even older than me. Um, something about apple cider rhyming with Ida. It's just not going to be that way. Be careful. Pay attention. The good news is that just stay tuned to Super Talk. But I've got to tell you, if you don't have a wind-up radio... Hello, y'all, Art Bell fans. <laughs> the, the first ones that came along, they were around forever and ever. But there was a famous one that came along in the Art Bell years, and I'm sure they're still out there uh, in, in the world. But the point is, you need alternatives for the things that we do, because you might be without power for a while. Things might be a little bit different than they are right now. And uh, that's an understatement if I ever heard one. This is not a storm that we are happy to see at all. you got to remember, for those of you that are comparing it to Katrina, and, and I have to say that there's some real dumb people on the national media that don't seem to know that the eye of Katrina went to Waveland, Mississippi. Do I need to say that again? That puts the east side of the storm 
away from us and away from New Orleans. Now, we still had hurricane force winds in central Mississippi. Don't get me wrong. I have the pictures to prove it. But we also understand that now we're going to be on the east side of this thing, which is a greater storm damage and problems. Pay attention. I uh, will tell you that if you uh, if you get out there and you think, I wonder if this thing can get picked up in a wind and moved. Well, I will tell you that the first time I ever saw lawn furniture rolling down the street was in Thibodeau, Louisiana. It was in the early 70s, the storm. I don't even remember the name of it. But uh, there were people from Golden Meadow, Louisiana, evacuating up to Thibodeau, which tells you Thibodeau south, but Golden Meadow is even farther. Dulac and all those places are much farther south. And we were literally standing on a porch uh, with a group of friends waiting to see how high the water was going to rise because it was already trying to float off the, the, uh, the, a lot of things. And the one piece of street that was not wet had wind and lawn furniture rolling down it. This was not attractive, but it was funny. Right up until the gust of wind caught it and it flew through somebody's front window. All right? I was standing there. I saw it. Don't do that. Hunker down. And, and hunker your stuff down, too. It's a storm. It's wind. Pay attention to the various forecasts for your particular area because you need to know from, from really from hour to hour what's happening. All right, now, speaking of storms, back in uh, the, 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 the 1700s in Pacific Northwest United States, there was, in fact, a 9.0 earthquake, and there was a sizable tsunami. Now, we know about these things, but the January 1700 quake, which was the last major earthquake to hit this particular Cascadia subduction zone, all right? So we are able to measure things both before it and after it. That's how those things happen, right? The good news is that... <laughs> They've been able to measure a lot of things. The bad news is that they can actually see, or I guess it's good news, but to me it's sad. They can actually see the old growth Douglas firs on the Oregon coast have, were affected by the tsunami in 1700. They go, of course, you understand how tree rings work. Each year the tree puts on a new ring of growth, and in ideal conditions those rings proceed one to the next to the next. But it's also true that, that in years when they can't move forward, they're able, we're able to understand it and to see some of the reasons why. The tsunami does appear to be the event that affected the tree's growth that year, and they work on uh, a lot of different ways to put this together. But understanding this helps them to project what could happen in the next situation. The first challenge, of course, was to find a stand of old-growth Douglas firs that were actually in that tsunami zone. And they looked at a few places before they found this one um, in, in Mike Miller Park at South Beach. They're not sure why it wasn't logged over the years, but they're glad it wasn't because it gives them a lot to study. And next they'll be working on isotopic analysis to see what else they can find out about those things. Not, you know, it's always, um, if we don't pay attention to history, we're not only doomed to repeat it, as the quote says, but we're also missing a whole lot. Human beings are not uh, the least bit without recorded stuff. We, once we learned how to record things, put things in on paper or on, you know, plates or <laughs> write with a stylus, I don't know what we did first, but it, it really helps. Um, yes, that is correct, Tim and Corinth, that there were, that, and I was not going to say the word, 
but I will. Um, tornadoes are also very, very possible and happened during Katrina. So I'm telling you, we will be back here next week, and we will know more than we do today. Okay? Okay. I'm here to be the voice of calm because that's my job. I'm here to, um, and, and I don't mean that in terms of radio, I mean in terms of my life, my whole world. I'm, I'm the one that is able to reach over and pat you on the hand and say, it's going to be okay. We'll get through this. We'll make it. And uh, I trust that you feel the same way. Now, I talked last week about um, the black pepper, and I thought that was so interesting. But one of the things that came up was, does black pepper grow here? The answer is probably not. might grow as a container tree, but that's hard to do. However, the other pers- the person also wrote the note was commenting on the newsletter from last week. And if you're interested in subscribing to the newsletter, by all means, send me an email, mamaonair at yahoo.com. And um, I will get that information to you. You can always go to patreon.com slash gardenmama and find it there as well. But the thing that is really burning up the roadsides is an awful lot of our friend Ambrosia. And I don't mean the delicious Thanksgiving salad. <sighs> Ragweed. Mm-hmm. That's right. Goldenrod doesn't do it. Joe Pieweed doesn't do it. Leatris doesn't do it. The other ones don't make you sneeze. This one does. So if you see it, and it is beautiful, get to know it and get it out of your garden. You don't need that. (laughs) You really don't need that one. I know there's somebody out there that likes it, but trust me, you know. Uh, Let's see. Trent wants to plant Black Beauty muscadines. When is the best time to plant? Well, you're probably going to find those in at the garden center or available um, over the fall. The best time is going to be after you set up the stand for them. In other words, whether you're putting up a, a pole and wire trellises or other kinds of supports for them, do that first. Do that now. Get them nice and sturdy. And then as soon as you can find the vines this fall, or if you have hold of the vines, wait until they drop their leaves. You know, they'll be sitting in the container, wait until they drop their leaves, and then plant at that point. We traditionally do that kind of care for muscadines right around the same time we do figs in January, because um, in, in, we don't have time in December. A lot of people will joke and say, but it is true. And also because our colder weather comes right along after that. Oftentimes we often have a warmer spurt in the last part of December, but it gets cold in January and stays that way. And that's what we want for planting things like muscadines that we need to root deeply before they begin to be asked to grow on top. Okay? What a wonderful choice. Really good, good, good choice of fruits. Someone sent me an email this week about um, pineapple guavas. I was so happy that that they were planting those. Of course, now they live in Gulfport, and uh, that's a wonderful shrub to have there, as is loquat. But if you're going to grow it elsewhere, out of really deepest 8B zone 9, if you're going to grow it like where I am in central Mississippi, for example, you'd have to grow it in a container and be able to protect it in the same way that we do most of our citrus. Um, there are some people with kumquat trees and lemon trees that survive out in, you know, out in, in the garden, in the soil itself, but my, I grow mine in containers. The kumquats are a little bit hardier, of course. You probably knew that. Well, Everybody loves lupins, right? Mm-hmm, we do. But the University of Montreal is letting us know we've got another reason to love that beautiful flower. 
There are 7,000 sites, more than that exactly, in, in Canada that are contaminated with things like arsenic and are considered, I love this designation, highly concerning. I don't know what the Canadian scale is, but this apparently is hair on fire, okay? Because if they're highly concerning in Canada, that's really extreme. They are, um, they've got trying to figure out how they're going to clean these up. Old mining operations, you know about these things. We have problems as well. A lot of times when uh, any, when a city takes over or not necessarily the city, but when a group takes over a site that used to be a manufacturing site to do urban gardening or urban farming, one of the first things you have to do is heavy metals toxicity because if it was the, if things were dumped there back, let's let's be generous and say before there were laws against such things, then you need to know what's there. Um, there are places in in my experience that they've ended up building entirely raised beds with no contact with the soil below simply because they could not clean that soil in enough ways to do it. But exactly what are we going to do with these? The legume crop white lupin is an arsenic-tolerant plant species. And what they're doing in Montreal is using, they've been testing different plants to grow and try and get them to take the arsenic out of the soil, and the lupins have the best results so far. They are um, not only capturing much more of it in the roots of the lupin, but the lupin also doesn't croak from it. There are some that will take up a, a large amount of the heavy metals, and then the plant just dies. But in this case, they don't die as, as quickly, so that's good. It's also, if they can get them to grow as perennial, then they would have a solution that would help every year. You see, part of what happens in a toxic site like that is that the metals don't necessarily stay in place, or whatever the pollutants are do not necessarily stay in place. So trying to plant them to where the roots can literally do the filtering and the plants can survive. That's a big deal, and, and I like it. I think it's important. Very, very important. Um, there are <laughs> there's some really good ideas about how to decontaminate soil that seem to be – what I was reading this week, I just said, well, let me see if there's any other research. So I'm poking around, you know, in, in the Google machine, as they say, looking for other – um, bits of info, and there were the best theories that I could find were that we should cart it all to another planet, which I really don't consider to be a viable option either to do at the moment or, well, what about the other planet? You know, we don't need to take our trash there. Just don't need to do that. I did, however, run into, um, I don't know if we're doing this yet, but it was a fish farm made entirely out of recycled plastic floating off the coast of somewhere. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by that. I do know that we create a lot of stuff we have to figure out something to do with. I'll give you that. 888-808-8637. That's the Super Talk call line. And, of course, 601-879-4395 is the ceasefire text line. Well, the murder hornets are back. You didn't really think they'd gone anywhere, did you? No, of course not. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, the guys in their white suits have been back out there again uh, working on finding these things, and, yep, they're there. They've found the first nest of the giant Asian hornets, which we call murder hornets because they kill bees but they've spent two years trying to limit them these can be two inches long as you well know they um they they they, they will sting humans and then it hurts terribly um much like a paper wasp it's a particularly nasty sting but the question is always what are we going to do well 
the good news is that they're continuing to watch it. They're now eradicating, quote-unquote, you know, I never think anything can or probably should be eradicated, but um, they vacuumed 113 <laughs> because they counted them, um, all of these. They also then removed the bark and the decayed wood, and guess what? They had nine layers of comb in that nest. Once they started digging, they found that it was so much deeper. Inside the deeper part of the nest, they found 1,500 hornets in various stages of development, and 67 additional ones that tried to fly away were caught in nets. Now, this, this is, this is, they've sent it to Bellingham. In case you're in Washington State, they've sent it to the University Extension there to be studied. Oh, we, my goodness, they're really concerned that there are so many of them, and they know that there will be more nests because they can't possibly capture each one. And with that, they they capture three. But the first year they captured two, I think. One of them went back to where the nest had been. The other one they were able to track to where this new nest is. And now they've tagged three more to try and see where they're going. But it's it's a big mess. It's an insect that they don't know how they're going to get rid of it, and they don't even know yet how they're going to manage it. Robert from Ridley, welcome in. What's on your mind today? Hello, uh, you mentioned uh, mus you mentioned muscadines a few minutes ago. Yes. Um, my wife and I had fantasized about planting some. We probably ought to do that this winter. Wondering um, about the question of shade for those. When I was a kid. You'd find muscadines in the woods, you know. Told, um, but uh, the, the uh, I think it was Black Beauty was the mm-hmm. caller who mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, taking those, for instance, what what's the, a good uh, mix of sun and shade, or, or what to do with those? Well, muscadines, um, in, as you say, you find them in the woods, but for cultivation, uh, they they need at least six hours of sun because that's going to give you so many more grapes. Okay, and more than that, and if you okay. can, and if you can irrigate, you can you can literally, you know, have a silo full of muscadines in a sunny site. They're they're beautiful bearers. They do a, a wonderful job. But I'm going to say at least six hours. I would prefer seven, but six is good. A full sun, either end of the day, it doesn't really matter. It's more about having a good. Um, location where the soil can drain and they can get their roots good and deep into a good soil. If that's on the east side, that's fine. If that's on the west side, that's fine. Um, but you will probably have to water at least the first few years, and that's important to take into consideration, too. One of the prettiest muscadines I've ever okay. seen was on a pergola across the top of across a pergola that was built in front of a ranch house. So in other words, to walk up to their front door, you had to walk underneath it. And it was one of the prettiest things I've ever seen. (laughs) They didn't have room to put one anywhere else, so they put it in front of their house. It was gorgeous. (laughs) Thank you, Robert. I want to hear more. Let me ask you, yeah. how how aromatic are they? I know you could smell muscadines when you were in the woods, even before you could Yes. They're 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 very aromatic. They're very aromatic. I will tell you that. You walk up to the edge of the field, you know you're there. I gotta run. Thank you very much. Good to hear from you. I look forward to hearing more about the project. This is weekend gardening.
Put propane to work. Propane has become a leader in the industrial market because it offers a number of key advantages over other fuels such as lower emissions. Propane-powered forklifts produce fewer emissions than gasoline and diesel forklifts. Not only that, but when you look at site-to-source emissions, propane's totals are even fewer than electricity. Choosing forklifts that run on American-made propane reduces dependence on foreign oil and keeps jobs at home. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. Hello, Archie Manning here. When you grow up in a town like Drew, you understand once a Mississippian, always a Mississippian. I love this place and care about what happens here. Our doctors are telling us 95% of new hospital patients who have COVID did not get vaccinated. We know the vaccine works, but only if you get it. It's easy and it works. Please get vaccinated, my friends, and stay healthy. Sponsored by Delta Health Alliance. Go to getyourshotms.org. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. No drip roofing in construction. The name says it all. Whatever Mother Nature can dish out, no drip roofing in construction can take care of it. With no deposits up front required. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It, it was, was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions, like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could, could I, I have EPI? EPI? Sponsored by AbbVie. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Five-pound large Gulf Shrimp Special, $29.95. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Seeing is believing with up to 14 types of saltwater fillets. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Highway 51 in Ridgeland, just past Lake Harbor Drive, 601-790-9407. Did you know that most adults with autism are unemployed and a major hurdle is the lack of job opportunities? That's why Autism Speaks is teaming up with Lee Container, the J. Donald and Laurel Lee Family Foundation Fund, and delivering jobs to create a more inclusive workforce in the U.S. Are you an HR professional, community leader, or business owner? Join us in creating a workforce where people of all abilities can contribute and thrive. To learn more, visit autismspeaks.org employment. Furnished by the Entertainment Industry Foundation. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. 
Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Garden in my backyard, little hoeing, little mowing, but the work ain't hard. It's the cutest little place that you ever did see. I've been working in the garden till I turn green. Birds and bees and heck I got a compost pile that's up to my neck I planted strawberries, corn, okra and beans I've been working in the garden till I turn green Welcome into Weekend Gardening I hope that your garden's turning very, very green I hope that everything that you're planting is growing like you want it to and, you know, doing exactly what you want it to do. I have to say that I'm happy, happy, happy to hear people talking about planting muscadines. That the, there are two reasons I'm happy about that. First of all is that they're so delicious and so underappreciated. But secondly, because it means that you're thinking about growing some of the food that you eat. If you are also one of those folks that's thinking about, oh, is it time, is it time? Yes, it's time. You can plant your mustards, your turnips um, for your greens right now. I'm not going to be saying plant for turnip roots and carrot roots and those kind of things for a few weeks now, but yes, you can start turnip greens and mustard greens. I'm a person who prefers to start collards a little bit later on, but there are an awful lot of other arugulas and those kind of things you can start now, um, and, and certainly pretty soon we'll be starting lettuce, too. So it's, it's a good time for the greens of the world, and those of us who love them appreciate that very, very much. Oftentimes we, we, um, we, we sow things very, very tight. And because we're looking at tiny seeds, and in the case of turnips and mustards, that's okay. You can literally thin them. As soon as they all come up, you can start thinning the little teeniest ones. You do want them to have enough room to grow, so if they're very, very close, you'll want to thin them. But the good news is that each one of those little thinnings is an edible um Maybe put in a salad or even tossed into some other medley of vegetables that you're eating. It's just going to be a little bit sharp tasting and something to add a little freshness to whatever the dish is that you're up to at that moment in time. I have, uh, I did not know this. I know about mantis shrimp to a tiny extent, okay? But they actually have the strongest punch of anything in the animal kingdom. They produce deadly, ultra-fast movements. Believe it or not, they're tiny but mighty, and they can actually take on their little bitty, little bitty crustaceans. But they can actually take on an octopus, and at times they can sometimes win. One strike can knock off a crab claw. That's a lot of food for a tiny mantis. But at any rate, what they've been trying to do is understand this motion and translate it. And now they have got a power punch of a robot. Uh, publishing in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Lots of small organisms, of course, have to kind of do what we call punch above their weight. And it has to say um, ultra-fast movements that to be able to get past where they are and survive. Well, what they do is, of course, to store that energy and then turn around and, and, and release it. And in the case of mantis shrimp, theirs is the absolute strongest punch of any creature on the Earth. They've measured it. The Harvard S. Harvard John A. Paulson School of Engineering and Applied Sciences. That's a terrible name. Doesn't acronym well either. But what they've been working on is to try and get how they can make the 
tiny little robot do a powerful piece of work. And apparently, it's, it's it exactly that's exactly what the mantis shrimp is doing. What they say is that instead of it being just like a, a, a like the mousetrap snapping on something, it's actually a stronger reverb rebound. I love that. Ed, you know, vet, welcome in. What's going on today? Uh, not much, Carmama. It worked. Had a couple of myths. I want you to get out of the way. First one was the Vidalia onion thing. I heard you couldn't grow Vidalia onions down here, that it was a lawsuit between the name Vidalia, Georgia, Vidalia, Louisiana. Well, I proved that one wrong. <laughs> the, second one is, the second one is potatoes. The only potatoes grow out here is a small red or white because um, I need you to tell me why state potatoes won't grow. I planted them in the ground in big old Idaho spuds. Mm-hmm. I had a, a root three foot long and a vine four foot long and no potatoes. <laughs> Please explain to me why. Tell me when you planted them. Uh, I planted them, it was in, uh, I believe, February. Okay. Some varieties need more cold than we have. And so they just, they don't, they, they can't, they just can't make it. Obviously, we have fertilizer issues, you know, we have soil issues and all that, but you've got that under control because you've grown other potatoes. But there are some varieties that just need more cold than we're able to get. And I do think, in the case of the ones that are particularly famous, you know, the Idaho varieties, um, I want to say Kennebec, or one of the, that may not be the right name, but there's some of those that are just real famous. And they actually grow them in a soil that is so sandy, we couldn't approach it here. And so they're, they're accustomed to bearing in a different sort of soil. But I, I, we do grow some white potatoes that'll be enough, big enough to bake, but they're not going to be as, as big as your arm. <laughs> you know, they're going to be four inches or five inches. But yeah, the red Lasotas, the little red peppers, and, and actually, if you've never grown um, blue Caribbeans, purple Caribbeans, rather, that's another really good one. makes a beautiful new potato in, in our soils. It is, and the red potatoes, they turned out good, but I bought me a bunch of steak potatoes at the grocery store a year or two ago. Oh, I yeah. grow me some big potatoes. Oh, okay. That's big now. now, that's here's the other thing. If if they're not seed potatoes, you, you, want, you probably want to get yourself to one of the seed potato companies because a lot of those ones that come that are like steak potatoes, the big potatoes, have been treated so that they are are not as likely to sprout, and that means that they may not have put out enough growth. They put out plenty of root and plenty of vine, but they didn't actually put out what they needed to make more potatoes. So that that's another factor. Some varieties need more cold, and some varieties, if they've been, if any potato has been treated so, to help it suppress sprouting, its growth is going to be affected. Thank you, sir. Go back to work. <laughs> Good to hear from you today. Let's see. Um, oh, Mike, what's happening in Houston today? Well, as well as we all know, this is Mississippi, and it's hot, and we got skeeters. Yes, sir. And uh, I just purchased 400 seeds of uh, citronella. I just wondered uh, how to plant and beef and you know, the uh, goodies on it. And well, citronella is citronella is something that um, we generally raise in the to plant in the springtime um, because it's it's very much related to the tender plants that we call aromatic geraniums. They're, they're in that it's it's not necessarily it's not the same plant, but it's in that group, and that means that they can tolerate everything except 
our hottest summer, especially where you are. They can take winter chill, not frozen, but they can take chill. But they have a lot of trouble in the heat of the summertime. So that's why we oftentimes will grow them in as an annual and plant them each year. If I was you, I would plant half of them now and save the other half of the seed and plant them in the winter for spring transplant, and then you can see which way it's going to work for you. That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, even the skin is driving me crazy. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm with you. There's a they're a big problem, and we don't the, the diseases are bad, the bites are bad, and frankly, it's not getting any better. They're all getting worse. I gotta say, uh, Garden Mama, make it happen. Make it happen. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate you. Oh, I'm really, I am indeed looking for um, some of that fabric that's not going to weigh 2,000 pounds and actually have <laughs> some repellent quality to it. I don't know. We're hopeful. We're hopeful. <laughs> oh, let's see. Thank you, Joe. Good to hear from you. I'm glad that worked out. We had some we had some emailing going on. You can always email me at, at during the week, Mama on air at yahoo.com. Um, let's see, Edwards in East Abucha. What's going on? You got persimmons? Yeah, I want to know when will they get ready. I missed <laughs> them last year. They got ready before I thought they was going to. Be- ah, are these wild ones out in the woods? Yeah, I'm going to tell you that one of the things that People, we, we think, this is what people say, that you're going to be able to go out and paint little um, Halloween decorations on them. You know, they're orange. You can make them look like, can, like, like um, jack-o'-lanterns. If you wait that long, usually the birds are going to be more interested in them than you are. So I'm going to start looking out to see if they've ripened at least the second week of September, maybe a little sooner than that. just depends on the conditions in that particular area. But we usually think of them as a September ripen. Uh-huh. So go look and see. And the muscadines, they should be getting ripe now, huh? Oh, sure. I'm seeing people pick them. Absolutely. What is the white muscadine called? Ooh, I don't know. You've, you, you, I don't have my list in front of me to look at it. I'm sorry. Seems like it starts with an S. It, are you talking about the, the category, the scuppernongs? Oh, that's the one. Okay. They're the lighter colored ones, yes. They sure are. But that's a that's a whole there are a lot of different scuppernongs, but that's the category of lighter colored ones, yes. All right. They're Thank delicious. You, I'm getting hungry. Thank you, Edward. <laughs> it's time for biscuits. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, let's see. Y'all are so funny. Uh everybody wants to argue now about Vidalia onions. There's a um there's there, yes, there were lawsuits, but there were lawsuits, there were proprietary lawsuits and all that sort of stuff. But the main reason why anything tastes like it tastes is a combination of the variety itself, the seed itself, and the soil, the environment. So it, it takes both of those things. Um, Vidalia, Louisiana is not known for large amounts of onion fields that I know of, I don't think. Now that I've said that, somebody's going to send me pictures <laughs> of their fields, I'm sure. Oh, my goodness. I really am tickled by this. I love that our engineers, our friends at the University of Colorado Boulder, are once again at it. They have been, uh, I wonder, you just have this vision, vision that somebody, some some little girl or boy, 
stared at the goldfish in the tank for too long, <laughs> or at least long enough, because this entire all of this work is pro- is published in Science Robotics this month, and it's all about how they achieve the dexterity with their fins, even though there's not a muscle there. We generally think about the motions involved with with locomotion or with even with maintaining a stable situation, you know, that is to say upright, you know, with fins and things. We generally think of that as something that is dynamic. But in this case, each of the rays can be manipulated individually. Those those little stiff rays are the parts of the fin. Each of those can, but but it's just amazing that they're all there and they all work together. And there's no muscle. So what they're working on, of course, is the way that they can use these not only in 3D printed materials and and computer um, layouts and whatnot, but they're trying to figure out how to get them to make that balance. How can we make more tactile things that are the balance between bouncy and stiff? Because it takes both of them. Um, We're hoping that it might be a matter of more flexible body armor. Or it might be a matter of better um, seashells, for example, can, can help us get tougher glasses frames. Not because we would use the seashells, but because we would use that technology that is in there. Um, obviously, we, we see these kinds of changes you know, airplanes have flaps, um, all of those, the, the things that glider planes and whatnot use that same kind of manipulation that you would consider a fin-type movement. But now we're really getting into it. Um, I love this. Mudskippers use their fins to walk on land. You've seen those pictures, I'm sure, if you haven't already run into them. And if you have seen flying fish, they deploy their fins so that they can glide above the water. Um, I have... There's so many things that we see at times, and we, you know, I, I, I literally saw lawn furniture fly into the people's front window. wasn't their lawn furniture either, believe me. So that's that's not good. But I was, I say, privileged now because I do believe it was a privilege to drive with my mother the day after Camille in 19. 19- is that 69, I think, um, to visit, pick up, gather my great aunt from Gulfport because they were asking people to come out from who they were worried about cholera, which did break out there. And the biggest flying fish that I ever saw in my life was on the median in Gulfport. And I wonder now if that's as far as his fins could get him. Uh, it's, it's interesting to think about the way they locomote interesting stuff um now i have a question for you are you going to be taking on any different projects this fall i am writing working on an article about the post you know in other words people are still having to be convinced that there's gardening after summer so post august post summer gardening i wish that you would write me a note Mama on air at yahoo.com. Could be about indoor plants you're going to be working with. Could be about the plants that you intend to get started. Oh, I don't know, for Christmas gifts or something. You know, maybe you're going to grow herbs for the teachers. But all those sorts of things. That's what I'm looking for. Send them to me. Mama on air at yahoo.com. I want to know what you're doing. I want to know what I need to talk about because you're doing it. I love it. Stick around. This is Weekend Girl.
Why is agriculture so important to the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation? Well, one out of every four jobs in our state depends on agriculture, and it's a $7.35 billion industry for our state. That's a billion with a B. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. Typically, we here at Keep Mississippi Beautiful like to share positive news with you, but not today. Litter is on the rise in our state and we need your help. Please put trash in its proper place and make sure you aren't accidentally littering items from the back of your truck. Protect the road, secure your load, because trash blows. Do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org. It's time for the kids to head back to school to learn their ABCs and 123s. At Mazda of Jackson, we're teaching you the 123s of car buying. One, buy from a dealer you can trust. Two, look for the best selection. Three, get the absolute best deals like these at Mazda of Jackson. Now get 0% financing on every new Mazda in stock. That's right, 0% financing, which will save you thousands in interest charges. Plus, get your first year of oil changes on us with every new Mazda purchase. Bad credit, no credit, it doesn't matter. Our credit specialists work hard to get you approved no matter your past credit history 100 credit approval is our number one goal bring us your trade we'll give you top dollar for it even if you don't buy a new vehicle from us and as always buy with confidence with a 20-year 250,000 mile powertrain warranty from Mazda of jackson school is in session so get to Mazda of jackson where nobody walks away because everybody saves our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 i-55 frontage road north in jackson call 991-2222 today mazdaofjackson.com with approved credit on select models see dealer for details do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable ENERGY STAR qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> Ream. The new degree of comfort. Tired of being gone from home all week? If so, Union Corrugating has an immediate need for Class A CDL drivers in the Vicksburg area. Competitive pay, paid time off, 401k match, plus medical and dental benefits. Right, right now, there's, there's a $5,000 sign-on bonus to all Class A CDL drivers that join our team. Call 1-888-661-0577 or visit Indeed.com. Union Corrugating, a leading manufacturer of metal roofing, an equal opportunity employer. In the metro area, the houses talk. Hey, Jan, how's it going today? Hey, Barney. You're not sold yet? No, my shutters need replacing, my floors need unbuckling, my boudoirs need updating. Well, my person called Will White with the price, and Will White said the price was right. No updating, no nothing. I'm sold as of tomorrow. Call Will White. He buys houses. 601-401-4323. 601-401-4323. Or online at homebuyersms.com. Marcus by Goldman Sachs offers personal loans with no fees ever. Banks offer coffee. So what's more important? A Marcus by Goldman Sachs loan with no fees that could help consolidate debt or bank coffee that tastes like bank coffee. 
you can money. Visit Marcus.com to learn more about saving, borrowing, and investing from Marcus by Goldman Sachs. Investing involves risk and investments may lose value. Brokerage and investment advisory services by Goldman Sachs and Company, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. Lending and deposits products provided by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, member FDIC. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. A lot of people on the road, my friends. A lot of people going, getting somewhere else in the, uh, shall we say, coming storm. We, we, we're, we don't need to be hysterical. There are plenty of people being hysterical. And quite frankly, that doesn't do you any good anyway. It's kind of like worry, okay? We used to say that my grandmother worried five minutes every day about each one of us. And then she went on about her work and took care of things. Because how much can you worry? I mean, you can worry and worry and worry, but you can worry for a few minutes and then go on and do what you need to do. Sometimes the doing will actually allay some of the worrying. Um, it, it's very much like a lot of other things. You know, you can do something for now, but you need to go ahead and move on. You can't just keep swirling in that particular concern that you have. And indeed, I have some days that I, I really do feel like uh, my garden is causing me to have a few too many concerns. Maybe I need to sh make it smaller. Maybe I need to not do this or not do that. And then the next time you get out there, you go, no, I like this. I'm glad I left that there. I'm glad I planted that. I have uh, some spireas in containers that I've been thinking for a few years I should put out into the garden because they really are overgrown in the containers, and I keep having to prune them. Which, by the way, should not be done now. Don't prune spireas now. Do that in the very, very early spring. Anything twiggy like that has lots and lots of little tiny thin stems. That's what you want to prune in the beginning of spring, not not now. But I keep having to do that because they overgrow, they've overgrown those things. But, you know, they're all blooming again. They're little Japanese um, 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 spireas with the little pink flowers and stuff. I've got one with the yellow leaves, of course, and I have good old-fashioned um, pink flowers that, that we're all accustomed to. But you, you like them, and you think, well, I, I like this one. I'm going to leave it here, and then it gets too big, so you move it someplace else. And that's how we work on it. Jeb. Calling from DeKalb, what's on your mind today? Yes, we had some red algae kind of growing close to the house. Would it be okay like, to cut it down and kind of get it away from the house? And I just want to tell everybody, be careful and weather aware this weekend. If you have any outside furniture and stuff, you might want to move it. That please. way it doesn't blow away. Please, please. <laughs> Tie it down, uh, you know. Bring it in the house, put it in the garage, whatever you can do with all that stuff. Um, and, and and if part of my greenhouse blows apart and it comes in your yard, I'm sorry. There's not anything I can do about that. Well, just move it. It'll only be the plastic in my case. The rest of it won't move. Um, well, red algae is like uh, seaweed. Uh, okay, so I'm not sure if that's what's growing by your house, but. Um, 
I, I, I really, honestly, I can't tell you. I wish you'd send me a picture of the plant, though, and I'd be happy to help you. Send it to mamaonair at yahoo.com. There's not enough time, really, to send it to me here um, in, the, in the text line. But uh, let me know. I'd love to help you with it, but I can't give you an answer because I, I just don't know. Thank you, Jeb. You're right. Everybody be careful. He's got, he's got wise words for you. Over on our text line this morning, um, thank you, Greg. Appreciate that. Amy says that uh, she en- enjoys it um, and, and enjoys the show. And uh, Amy, if, if in fact you are new to the state, we transplant trees in the winter. That's when we do that. Okay? Okay. Thank you very much. Appreciate hearing from you. Oh, my goodness. I, I have a couple of other things that I'm doing. In I'm working on some fungus diseases. I've been looking at Ray, Clinton, Ray and Clinton's. Um, he's got Liriope, I think it is. It's one of the large monkey grasses, and, and it really does look like it has what my elephant ears have that are in, the, in a lot of shade. But in the case of these, they're underneath lantanas, which are being eaten by either flea beetles or... Spider mites, but but I think it's probably more likely even maybe an aphid. But something is secreting a honeydew onto that plant below. So I want you to, when you're walking about in your garden, especially after another rainy spell, don't presume that it's something that blew in on you. If you've got leaves that are grayed out and fungus-covered, Take a look above you. See if that stuff will rub off. If it will, it's sooty mold. If it won't, you may be having a shade problem, or you may just be having a problem that has moved from the plant above to the one below. So um, give yourself a chance to diagnose it before you start trying to treat things, okay? Oh, fun. Um, This is a really good question from Corinne. The the question of strawberries is always a, a difficult one in terms of variety. Because you're going to find a few in the garden centers, a couple of varieties maybe that'll be in the Bonnie plant rack, for example. You may find a couple of other local sources for strawberry plants. But usually they're going to be raised in Alabama on farms and then brought over here. And hopefully you'll get the ones that they have done. I'm confident I've not planted the varieties that Bonnie brings, but I'm confident that they're fine. And I'm confident that as long as you're getting a variety that was grown for your zone in the south, and I say that very specifically, you're going to have a better experience than if you didn't. Um, Corinne, in fact, I probably should see about ordering some for anybody around who's interested in them. We'll, we'll see if we can put that together. We'll put strawberries on the list of what can we do this fall. We plant them in October, and um, that's really the best time in Zone 8 or in Zone 9. And in, in Zone 7, y'all have a little bit different, even Zone 8A, the northern part of, of Zone uh, 8. Y'all have a little bit more luck with the ones that they call perpetual strawberries or the ones that need to grow through the summer. Further south, we have so many leaf diseases and so many rots that come up in the summertime, not to mention, you know, the other things that just eat the plants. But we have... Um, we have the opportunity to grow them as annuals from October all the way through until we pick them in the springtime. And I think that that's really the best way for us in, in 8 and 9 to do that. Oh, that's cute. Sue and Loosedale, um, 
you are the proud owner of a monkey pod, a, 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 a monkey ball vine. Um, this is has a lot of whole other names called tater vine. Uh, it's Discorea. It's a beautiful vine. I will tell you, though, you're in Loosedale. You're far enough south that it can get away from you. So watch it. It will make a brown um, ping pong ball sized seed. And that's where they come from in the future. They're lovely to have. They make quick shade over a pergola, but I would not leave it growing up the crepe myrtle. I, I planted, I have I've had a couple of them in containers over the years because I really like the leaves and I like the shade that they provide so fast. But I have to tell you, um, that, that container hadn't been there in five years, and it's, there's still a couple of them that come up from the ground, um, in, even here in Zone 8. They shouldn't. They're in a protected place. But I think they probably threw off just enough of those brown seed seed balls that they've come up over the years. But that's what that is. That's monkey vine or uh, tater vine or monkey balls. I'm sorry. I have uh, have lots and lots of those in, in this is one of the plants that we talk about that is not technically invasive, but can really get away from you. And it will choke other things if it does. It is technically invasive where it has escaped in Zone 10, in, in the tropical part of Florida, for example. And so that means it won't be long before it does the same thing coming up into Zone 9. So just don't let it get away from you. But it's a pretty plant and a really beautiful vine. All right, my friends. We got to step away now. I hope that you all take care of yourselves, take care of the ones you love, and take care of all the stuff around you because guess what? It's going to be a rough few days. But guess right after that, you know what? We'll be back here for more next week. That's again more weekend gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication. Customers, a whole home energy upgrade. The Propane Energy Pod Builder Incentive Program. What's the Propane Energy Pod? It's a total home energy upgrade that combines high-efficiency propane gas appliances to meet a home's major energy needs and delivers superior comfort and efficiency compared with all electric homes. Not only is it good for homeowners, it's good for builders, too. All propane homes, on average, are valued up to 5% higher than all electric homes. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing. Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. 
Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. The good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives and restore sight and health for many more. Sign up right now online as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.